What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Cases and cases of confidence. Staples can help give you the confidence that your business is ready for the year ahead with all the supplies you need. Like paper. And right now, when you buy a 10-ream case of Staples multipurpose paper, you get one free. So you can be confident you're ready for whatever business comes your way. Buy one case of Staples multipurpose paper, get one free. Now at Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. In-store only, limit 10. Valid through 1519. for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends, one of the most informative and entertaining talk radio shows today. From social issues and trending topics to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So join us now for Real People, Real Topics, Real Talk. Let's Face It. Welcome to Let's Face It. This is Will Strayhorn. It is Wednesday, July the 13th. Sorry for the delay, but I'm going to start the show off with my track of the week. It is Too Good by Drake and Rihanna. We'll be right back. Somebody other than me Don't play the 
This is John Legend for Life Beat. The music industry fights AIDS every hour of every day. Two young people between the ages of 13 and 24 are infected with HIV. The AIDS crisis is not over, y'all. Be smart. Use protection. For more information, log on to www.lifebeat.org. I'm a firefighter. A teacher. I'm a farmer. I'm a barber. A waitress, a mom. We're all part of your community. Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our every day. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty, something or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right. These are the moments to take a pause. Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. It's not about paranoia or being afraid. It's about standing up and protecting our communities. One detail at a time. Because a lot of little details can become a pattern. We. 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 We trust our instincts. Just like you should. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. You are now listening to Let's Face It. the show welcome back to let's face it back in the studio with coach ellis he is my guest co-host coach ellis is the host of the rules tv show he is also an international award-winning speaker and leadership coach welcome to the show coach ellis how are you doing i'm doing great will thank you for having me. you are so welcome you're so welcome i've known you for a while but for all these people who do not yet know you why don't you explain to everyone who you are what you're doing um, and all the things that you have going on. Great. Hey, I'm, Co- I'm Coach Ellis. I'm a leadership and relationship coach. Uh, currently, we are uh, airing our TV show, The Rules. Uh, if you know the rules, you can't get played. Yes. We're going to talk about that later on. But yes. it, it's really about helping women ages 30 and older 
not to get played by the game that mm-hmm. every guy plays. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanna, let me ask you this. I don't, don't want to interrupt you, but why is it just women? I, that, you know, what, what? What? We don't get played? Is no, that what no, you're no, saying? no, guys get played. But see, uh-huh. here's, here's my take on okay. it. Someone else has that mission. Oh. To help work work with the men. Okay, okay. okay. I, okay. I, this is your mission. This is my mission to help you. women because, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, uh-huh. I used to be that guy. Oh, okay. And so well, you now, know me too. Yeah. So now that me I'm too. retired, okay. You know, although I was Hall of Fame, uh-huh. I'm now retired, <laughs> and uh, so I know all the games. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. You, you know what, Nikki? Maybe I will have the spinoff show for the guys. Work. You know the games of the women because yeah. you know what I hang around a lot of women. I can tell people what you do. And the games that you play. And the... Well, well. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what? It has been a lot of things going on in the news today. We're going to talk about a few now. During our segment that we call The Chat, um, first thing that's really got me ticked off is, so now they're con- trying to control my 799. You know, they've made it a federal ex- a- offense if you share your password for Netflix. Really? Netflix, um, what is it, HBO Go, um, yeah, what it started over, basically, this guy named, let me see, uh, it was the, the case of the United States versus David Nozo. What he did was he left his job at an executive research firm and um, started his own competing business. And then his credentials were revoked. So he used a former co-worker's login to download a lot of um, confidential information. So it, I guess it trickled all the way down to it really affects also like when you share your passwords for things like HBO, um, Netflix. Now, they're, they're probably not going to pursue anybody on that level. But how do you feel about that being illegal? Number one, do you do I do it. I do it. If my whole family, pay, if I'm paying for it, ain't no reason for everybody in my family to be paying for it. Uh, Somebody else go buy HBO and they share that. That's what I say. In the words of Dave Chappelle, uh-huh. I plead the fifth. <laughs> I plead the fifth. But, do you think it's fair? Well, not so much for Netflix and those things. But I understand... Yeah. No corporate, the corporate, yeah, corporate. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I work for the government. Mm-hmm. So if I share my password, folks get any allowance. Oh yeah, stuff, they shouldn't have exactly. So I understand why those things would be a federal offense, mm-hmm. corporate uh, espionage and those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to sharing my password with my family or right, friends right, for right. you know Cox Online or mm-hmm. whatever the case is, yeah, that's a little extreme for me. Yeah, that's a little extreme for me. Yeah. But you know, somebody's going to take this all the way down to the nth degree. Oh yeah, and of course. you'll get in trouble for sharing your own. Email you're password. Right. You're right. You're right. What else, what, what are you finding? What, what's going on with you? Man, I've been watching this thing with William, Wendy Williams and Roland Martin. Wendy Williams. Oh, I'm telling you now. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. How you doing? Let, <laughs> let's, let's, have, let's have a real conversation, Wendy. Roland Martin went in on her. He did. Now, so he did. For those who don't know, Wendy was talking last week about I, I guess it started off with the with the speech given at the was it the uh, BET Awards? Okay, and and the, with Jesse Williams, right? Jesse uh-huh. Williams, and he made some comments, right? Mm-hmm. And so Wendy was, you know, doing her hot topics, talking about the comments. He said something along the lines that, you know, if I I if I were a white, I'd understand why there would be a problem having historical black colleges, uh-huh. and why is there an NAACP? And, uh-huh. And I'm not sure there needs to be all these things. Uh-huh. And even her audience at the time live just looked at her. She got the crickets. Yeah. <laughs> she said, oh, Lord. She, yeah. She should have stayed in her lane. She should have stayed in her lane. And then, um, then, you know, folks started getting with her. Yeah. And Roland, he dedicated a whole I show. Ooh, that hurt. And he went after her. Yeah. In fact, 
here's what he said. Uh-huh. He basically said, if you stop reading um, gossip uh, magazines mm-hmm. and actually read something educational, you might know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. In fact, my favorite quote, my favorite quote of his was, you know, if you don't know what you're talking about, just shut the shut the heck up. Jeez, and I'm you know like, what? All right, Mark. So Roland went in on her. He did. And what did she did she invite him on the show or something? Yeah, yeah. He's supposed to be going on the show. I think he went on today. And I can't wait to go see it because Roland pulls no punches. Um, you know, and part of his issue is, and I guess I, I can understand it as well, you know, she's 51 years old mm-hmm. and both her parents are educators. Mm-hmm. So if she's 51 and both of her parents are educators, chances are mm-hmm. they had to go to a historical black college. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what? I have it. I want you, you want to listen to it? Oh, let's go and listen to it. Oh, put let's it on, man. Let's listen to what it's Go, saying. Roland. Go, Roland. Let's see. read a book. Wendy, let me help you out. You do realize that the NAACP was founded by a mix of folks who are black and white. You do realize that the first president of the NAACP, Wendy, was white. And also, you can go down the line, the treasurer, uh, the, 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 again, the chairman of the executive committee, they were white, born out of the Niagara movement. If you actually bothered to read something, you would realize that. It's also it's called the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. White folks have always been members of the NAACP. Always. But let me deal with HBCUs. First of all, historically black colleges and universities, Wendy, was a federal designation given in 1965 to recognize these historical universities. They are historical universities. Now, one of the reasons why you don't have historically white universities is because we just simply call them universities. The fact of the matter is you can go around the country and you'll see universities, Wendy, they're 70, 80, 90, 95% white. We live in a world where, frankly, we have set us set apart if you're black. You've never heard somebody say Hillary Clinton met with a group of white pastors. No, because they simply say pastors. But they'll say she met with a group of black pastors. Because what is mainstream has always been white in America, Wendy. You, you, you should know that, right? Because you do know that for your show, you do know that you go to go black ad agencies, which are different from ad agencies. You've always seen that level of separation, Wendy. But, but you should also know that because your ratings, they separate your black female viewers from female viewers. So it's finally interesting how you can somehow criticize that. But how about this, Wendy? You ever heard of Bluefield State University, West Virginia, historically black college university? It's now 70 plus percent white. Lincoln University? where Thurgood Marshall went to college, and HBCU is now 60% white. You do realize that one in four students at HBCU are non-African American. That's because historically black colleges and universities have given opportunities to students regardless of color, and so more Hispanics and more poor whites are taking advantage of that. See, if you actually bother to read a book and not gossip magazines, you might know these things. Wendy, let me help you out with something. When you're on TV and you have no idea what you're talking about, shut the hell up. (laughs) Don't open your mouth. Don't embarrass yourself because you sound silly. But I also find it interesting that you would criticize the HBCUs and you would criticize NAACP. But you were on the cover of Ebony Magazine. You were on the cover of Uptown. You've been on the cover of Essence Magazine. 
black magazines. Oh, yeah, I know. Stacey Dash had the exact same view. I, I'm tired of y'all wannabes who have television shows and radio shows who sound utterly ignorant of our own history. Please, do me a favor. Stick to gossip. Stick, stick to stupid stuff. Stay out of real issues because, frankly, you embarrass black people and you show you simply have never actually read a book. Kickstart your day at 7. Wow. Wow. Go get I em. feel sorry for her. Oh, man. But, you know. He went in. Everything true. She brought it on herself. She did. She did. You know, and, and, you know, the interesting thing is that she lost a major sponsor. Chevrolet, right? Chevrolet. Wow. And, and how did that come about? Well, the person who helped craft the deal uh -huh. is a graduate of Howard University, mm. a historical H black college yes. university. I'm thinking, wow, Wendy, you know, this might be the end. It might be the end. I don't know. I, I do. I do definitely know that it's, it was a learning experience. And now you know what? I can almost empathize with her because I guess she was trying to appear that she had an interest outside of gossip, and she just wasn't well versed or prepared for it. Yeah. Um, and she overstepped her, but she was outside of her lane. I'm sure we will never have this issue from Wendy Williams again. When you're a um, lightweight, fight lightweight. That's what she should have done. But she should have stuck with what was going on in Hollywood or what yep. she thought was going on in Hollywood. Yeah, well, it started off because she was trying to comment on something yeah. that somebody in Hollywood did. But, mm -mm. you know, Wendy, how you doing? Mm -mm. You will never catch me comment on sports. Like when he asked about sports, nope. You will never catch me in that because I do not know anything about sports. So I won't talk about it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I got know what you know. What you know. So know what you know. You know. But you know what? What about this? Not to move on. What about this Pokemon craze that's yeah. going on? I don't get it. I was going to download it, but I know I have an addictive personality, so I said I'm not going to do it because they showed people walking through Town Point. They showed people like on the news, like they're going now, sitting out like in graveyards. I think at the um, Holocaust Museum in D.C. There are people who are saying, "Please." I guess they're planning the little visual virtual things inside mm -hmm. these buildings and people are going in and they're asking them not to come in because they're disturbing progress pretty much um are you do, do you do things like this do i you, have no do you I follow mean, the trends no, and oh i i was in the store uh earlier today uh -huh. and these two grandmothers no. were sitting there like i wonder what it is they just turned to me like i'm supposed to know uh -huh. <laughs> do you know what this big game is i'm saying Pokemon? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, that's it. And so they, they were trying to figure out how to get into this game. I'm thinking, aren't you guys a little old for this? And I what is so bad? Let me see. So, okay, so the original Pokemon was started in 1996 in Japan. I didn't know that. Right. But um, this new one called Pokemon Go, what it is is basically they see creatures pop up into existence alongside real-world physical objects. So you'd be basically be looking at your phone, I guess, and then you'll see where these things are supposed to be. It messes with your mind. Number one, can't do that. Why? Um, so what I've been finding out is that it's causing injuries. Like this 19-year-old in Wyoming um, said she was looking for the Pokemon along the banks of the Wind River when she found a real body in the winter, in the water. Also, Missouri police reported that four people used the game to lure victims to isolated areas and rob them. Um, one player said that he ended up in the ER behind it, and then not even 30 minutes after the release of it, um, somebody slipped and fell down a, a ditch and they what fractured their fifth metal metal what bone in their in their foot and they have like a six to eight weeks recovery period um all behind this game i don't know is or, your daughter on it wendy 
I mean, not Wendy. Uh, Nikki, <laughs> I call you Wendy. <laughs> Is your daughter playing that? Does she play video games and stuff? No. Do you play video games on your no. phone? Yeah. On my phone, no. I do other stuff. I do brain games. Oh, do you? Yeah, and I do uh, business. Oh, okay. 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 Well, you know what? Our first guest is supposed to be calling in. Um, her name is Alexis White, and she has an amazing story. She wrote a a memoir um, called The Cover, and she's going to be calling in in just a bit. Um, she's an author and inspirational speaker, Alexis Nicole White. She addresses the untold social issues associated with emotional abuse in her new book, The Cover. And this is her right now. All right. So let's welcome to the show, Miss Alexis Nicole White. Thanks for calling Let's Face. Is this Nicole? Alexis? Yes, this is Alexis. Yes, Hi. this is she. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Well, this is Will. You're live on the show. Thanks for calling in. Oh, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So, um, first, let's just get started with you telling us a little bit about the sh- about your book, why you wrote it, and a little bit about yourself. Well, I decided to write the cover because I wanted to share my personal testimony and what happened to me as a young woman as I evolved into a grown woman, for real, for real, not a college grown, but a real grown woman. Um, and I wanted to talk about the different experiences that I've endured along the way in which people feel like are unreal sometimes to others, you know. So I wanted to share my story to just raise awareness as to what was going on in the black community when it comes to relationships and to identify some common scenarios that happens in all relationships that we don't perceive to be real mm-hmm. or don't think it's a problem until it's too late. So I wanted to share that with others to start getting the conversation going mm-hmm. about what is a healthy relationship and what does a healthy relationship truly look like. Okay. So, so why do you think it's so important to raise awareness to emotional abuse? Because a lot of women and men, but my focus is always on women, are really suffering in silence, and we're not speaking out about the different things that we have going on in our lives. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we're contracting uh, postpartum depression. We're going through uh, all forms of depression, honestly, and we're putting ourselves in situations where we're not happy, but we're staying there for the sake of our children. We're Mm -hmm. staying there for the sake of the time of the relationship. And we're not allowing ourselves to be our authentic selves to be happy. And it's showing in the way that we treat our children. It's showing in the way that we treat our coworkers and employees or whatever you do for a living. And it's starting to expose the true rotting, the true hurt that's within us. So I wanted to get this conversation going again about it because it's too many of us suffering in silence and are not really happy. And it's showing in our lives. Hmm. Okay. All right. So, hey, this is Coach Ellis. I just just have a question because... How do you distinguish between being emotionally abused and simply just not getting along with somebody or just not liking them? Well, for one, emotional abuse is something that happens over a period of time. It's not something that just starts after an argument. What typically happens is people use verbal abuse to agonize you, to humiliate you, to condemn you, to belittle you and berate you. That's something that happens over a period of time. Um, they may, the, the, the disagreement may turn physical where they're putting their hands on you. That's, that's a form of that as well. So emotional abuse is an umbrella that all of these different things tend to fall under that we are not really acknowledging as being problematic. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. So let me follow up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I find it's interesting. So. 
how do we help people not abuse this idea of emotional abuse? You know, it's, well, it's not to say it's not to say that we're doing. I'm a victim here, and I don't, I'm not trying to give people the ability to have victimization personality disorder because that is a real thing too, where people are always pointing the fingers at others and saying, "Well, I'm the victim in this, and you shouldn't do this, and that." That's not it. What I'm talking about is when people are starting to form chronic forms of depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, the fear of living their lives the way that they would like to live their lives, the fear of pursuing happiness, the fear of being authentically transparent in who you are, it forms a fear that, that starts to handicap you. That's what I'm talking about. Not just that I just want to be petty and say that you, you did something to me and you're abusing me. No, I'm talking about the women who are consistently dealing with perpetuated terms of financial abuse where their spouse, their significant other, whomever is the breadwinner, is controlling all of the finances to control and to manipulate your behaviors and your conversations and things like that. That's what I'm referring to. Okay. Okay. That's good. So, so, so what are some of the signs then <laughs> that um... – of, of emotional abuse that, that, you know, people need to be aware of? Well, financial abuse, again, is, excuse me, uh, emotional abuse, again, is the umbrella, okay? So okay. when we think about abuse, we think about physical abuse, sexual Mostly, abuse. Right. No, but all of that affects you emotionally in the long run. So, for example, if a person were to be raped, mm-hmm. as, as unfortunate as that is, we need to focus on improving your emotional outlook because emotionally, after all of these different things take place, it affects your self-concept, self-awareness, and your self-esteem. Right. That's why this is important. So the different signs are financial abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, and anything that is considered to be humiliating, condemning, shameful, um, anything that's going to persecute you and cause you to live your life in fear. That's, those are the signs, some of the general signs of what emotional abuse is. I said I'm a little concerned. <laughs> <laughs> because while I've never sexually abused somebody or financially abused somebody, I, I have a pretty hard personality. I, I've been known to really get with some people and make them feel real, real bad about themselves. Ooh, would that make me mm-hmm. a, an emotional abuser? Well, actually, that can be a form of emotional abuse. And honestly, I didn't really perceive my actions and my conversations with others to be forms of abuse as well. Because, you know, you think about it in the heat of a moment, you're going to say things to be insulting and offensive. You know what I mean? You're, right. you're in the heat of an argument. And I'm good so at it's that. likely that you're right. And I, I am wet as well. I'm very sarcastic. Um, I will say something that will probably mess up your whole day, honestly. Mm. Um, but oh, we can I have get along. to start looking. <laughs> yeah, probably can. But, you know. <laughs> And people told me that, they said, you you know, you play a lot of mind games with people. And I didn't realize what that meant. And when I really started to think about it, I, I taught myself. I started to educate myself on what that meant to other people. And so now when I have a problem with someone, I probably still state, state the same things, but I probably restructure the statement before I say it. So in other words, I'm not just flying off at the handle to say, well, you know, you're a real this, this, that, and the third. I would say, you know, probably, you know what, I've asked you a couple times not to do this, and I think that you're consistently or continue to do that. So as a result, I'm going to pull back to you, or this is how you made me feel when you did that to me. Or, you know, I, I probably structure it and plan the conversation a little bit more versus me just going off on the handle. So you're more conscious of it. Uh, yes, so absolutely. Be okay. Because I, I didn't realize that I was hurting people's feelings, you know, and so... You know, the thing is, like Maya Angelou said, 
people will forget what you said, but they, they, they forget what you did, but they will never forget the way that you made them feel. Yeah, right. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very conscious of making sure that I'm loving people to their greatness and to mm-hmm. their best person that they can be. So if it's something that can be worked on, you know, I'll say, you know what, you, you probably need to work on being on time a little bit more versus <laughs> me just saying, you always late, you're going to be late to your own, like, you know, stuff right. like that. You know, even though that's, that's generic, it's just an example of how, you know, you can help work with someone through their weaknesses and help them be strong. Hmm. So, so were you emotionally abused yourself or have you always been the abuser? Honestly, <laughs> I, no, I, I'm going to tell you, mm-hmm. I was, and I didn't know that I was. And I think that because I didn't know that I was, I had been emotionally abused that I started to become an abuser because I was just exhibiting the characteristics and the traits that have been displayed to me. Hmm. And so that's why it's so you didn't have a label for it. Basically. Yeah, I didn't know. And a lot of people don't know that, that they are in emotionally draining, toxic situations. We know it's toxic when you don't want to be mm-hmm. around them. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have a conversation. You know when it's the extreme, but you don't see the beginning signs of it. Right. And that stuff perpetuates. It's a snowball effect. So that's why it's important for us to talk about it, because most of us are parents or we're aunts and uncles or friends of people. And we are basically raising our children to be toxic people in the workplace that you have to deal with that nobody wants to be around because all they're doing is exhibiting the behaviors that they learned. Emotional abuse is a learned behavior. So that's why it's important for us to talk about it. So if, if, if I'm used to giving people, giving folks the people's eyebrows, <laughs> is that a form of emotional abuse? If I, if I, if I it, give them the look? It actually is. Mm-hmm. Really? It actually is. Because it's a form of condemnation. So, and honestly, it's a part of the emotional stigma because it trains the person who receives it or people who know you to know that you're disapproving of what they're doing or what they said. So, so it actually is, even though it's modest, it is. All right. So, all right. I love, I love what you're saying. I just got to ask. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I really do disapprove of something some people say. Mm-hmm. I'm allowed to dis- disapprove of them, right? Absolutely. I'm not saying that this is going to be a kumbaya moment and that we're all going to get along. It's, I, I guess I'll give you a better scenario. Let's say, for example, um, we're at a party and you're my mate, right? You're my significant other. And a person who may have come up to me just to compliment me in my wardrobe and tell me, that's a really nice dress that you have on. And I say, thank you. And at that point, you give me a look of disapproval, Right. Hmm. And then you're like, giving me this look to make me understand that there's going to be a consequence to that compliment. Now, the man done left and went on about his business, but now I'm fearful of what you're going to say and do to me, subsequent of someone else's actions and behaviors that I had no control over. That's what makes that an abusive situation. Hmm. The fear. The fear, absolutely. So I guess what I'm thinking is if someone imparts fear, I guess um, extreme sadness, probably mm-hmm. all those negative emotions on a consistent, right. constant basis. All of those constitute yes. you being emotionally abused. Absolutely. So it's really a general it term. Up. So if is it possible that what is abuse to you may not be abuse to somebody else? Someone might be able to. Absolutely. Okay. I mean. I, it, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's possible that it can be, because everyone has different levels of tolerance, right? Right. 
Mm -hmm. you have some people who are just overly sensitive to everything. It don't matter what you do to them. You could tell them that blue is their favorite is a great color on them and not green, and they will feel very sensitive about that, and then they're conscientious about wearing a different color. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the situations that prohibit you from being comfortable with living your everyday life and being authentically who you are on any given basis, in any given situation. If you become so conscientious of a person's views that you um, cannot, you know, be yourself, that's a problem. You see what I'm saying? So I'm not, I'm not saying let's all just cry victim of being emotionally abused. That's not what I'm saying at all. You know what I mean? And that's where the victimization personality starts to kick in, where you're looking to point the finger to other people. What I'm talking about is specifically when people have noticed that there's been a change in your behavior. You're not as happy. You're not as chipper. Um, Because honestly, this forms an anxiety in your life. And a lot of people are getting medicated because they're in marriages that they shouldn't be in. They're Mm. in relationships that they shouldn't be in. They're in friendships that they shouldn't be in. And because they feel like they're obligated to be in those places, they can't get out of it. That's what we're talking about, the severity of it, when it has become so chronic to where you're unable to be happy or to live your life and to see a way out or to feel good about a certain situation or circumstance, that's when we realize that we really have a problem. All right, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a Victor Newman fan. Oh, me too. From Young and the Restless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Victor. Right. Everybody's mm-hmm. nervous when you go see Victor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has, a way, mm-hmm. he has a way of yeah, intimidating them, no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Now, if you just have a very intimidating personality, and, mm-hmm. and folks with a weaker constitution come to you, into your environment. Mm-hmm. Is it the fact that you're abusive or they just can't take it? Well, you know what? Honestly, it can be. It can be the type of um, situation to where a lot of people don't know that they have acquired negative behaviors. And let's just be honest. Maybe your parent was intimidating, so you think that that's the right thing to do is to be intimidating yourself. Um, I'm actually one of those people that if people don't know me, they will be intimidated by me, but they don't realize I'm silly. They don't realize how down on earth I am until, you know, they actually get to know me on a personal level. Now, first interaction with me, you may not even want to get to that place with me because you might be taken aback by my, my demeanor. But when people are just being nasty and condescending and belittling just to be those things, that's something totally different. You know what I mean? And at that point, you are an abuser and you probably don't even realize that you've been abusing people. And so if, you know, someone may have suggested to you that you may need to look at it, you probably need to look into it and see what it is that you're doing and give off that vibration to others that you, you know, are just a nasty person. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, mm-hmm. there are some people in this world that are just nasty people. Just but don't, nasty. You believe, don't you believe that some people God just makes mean? No. you know what it's like situations and circumstances that create people um, or or cause people um, to be negative you know what I mean and those again are learned behaviors a child doesn't come into this world just evil you learn to be evil you know you've seen evil in your lifetime you've been around people who've done foul things to other and you believe that you're really doing the right thing but really you're not That's, that's what I'm talking about you know so a lot of the things that we do are learned behaviors. You know, you either learn as a child to keep a clean house or a nasty house. It just mm-hmm. depends on mm-hmm. how your parents raised you to be. Um, like, for, for my example is, is that when I grew up, my parents were very loving and outgoing. Everybody used to come to our house and eat. 
Well, as an adult, I realized that I can't even go to some of my friends' house and expect to eat a meal, you know, because that's not the way that they were raised. So it's all about how you're conditioned to become, grow and to evolve as an adult that makes you the person that you are. And if you're just a nasty, evil person, you probably need some help and some serious counseling because something in your life has caused you to be that nasty, evil person. Hmm. So let, let me ask this real quick on the broader question. Mm-hmm. I think you brought a very good point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've been watching on the news and, you know, the things happening in Dallas and Baton Rouge and with police officers and, and, you know, the last several years there's been a lot of uh, interaction between police and African-American men. So mm-hmm. is it fair to say that, it, that on a mm-hmm. grand scale that men might actually feel emotionally abused uh, because of the environment that, that makes it open season on black men? Absolutely. And I was just literally having this conversation maybe 10 minutes before I called into the line. Hmm. I really wanted to try to strategically incorporate and make a decent blog about this because it is exactly what you stated it is being. Systemically and historically, African-American individuals, not just black men, but women, too, are Hmm. fearful of police because historically we have been abused. We have been violated physically and verbally by people of non-African-American descent in this country, which has caused us Mm. to automatically be fearful even when we're doing nothing wrong. Mm. We assume the worst of the situation. We can be driving down, and I put this on my Instagram today where the 23 celebrities were talking about 23 ways to die. Right, right. Um, And and it's powerful. And you think about it. Like, I don't know if you guys remember Sean Bell, but whatever he was doing, you know, he did not, his actions did not justify him being shot multiple times brutally for no reason. I mean, even if you think about recent events with Alter Sterling, like the man was down on the ground. He did not deserve to be shot at point blank range in his chest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we, we're talking about these things because now w- w- the conversation is what do we do when we come in contact with the police? You know, you, you see the memes where it's saying, well, tape your, your driver's license to the window, tape your insurance. Nobody should have oh to do that. God. That's humiliating. I never That's heard humiliating. that. Is that what they're saying? Yeah, no, That's they, a good idea. Yes. That there is a meme going around where it has all of your papers taped to the window, and it says it's a sign there. I put it on my Instagram, I believe, but it's a sign there. That says, get that one. No, I'm not rolling down my window. It says no, I'm I, I'm not um, letting you search my car. I want to see my lawyer, and all of the papers are taped to the window, wow. so they have no excuse to communicate with you. We've come to this. Wow. But I, but, but yeah. the thing is, the thing is, is how has that become acceptable? It's a learned behavior to where we're fearful. We're fearful to be black in America. Mm -hmm. We are emotionally abused because now, even if you work in an office as a black person, whether white people are, I'm not racist, but I've learned to be precautious of my behaviors and my dealings because of my life situations and circumstances and the things that I've learned about the world. So, you know, although I'm not racist, I don't have much conversation for people that are not Mm African-American. I just don't because I automatically have a distrust for you and I wasn't even trying to develop that. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it is a form of emotional abuse. And we need to really get the conversation going because a lot of people, a great example of this is what happened in Texas with the guy, Michael Johnson. He, mm-hmm. You know, from years of abuse, whether it be from the military or not, he had post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. So guess what? That's when you start to lash out like that. And that's what happens when you have years of being fed up and sick and tired, but no outlet to expose and to release what you're feeling. That's a problem. Hmm. 
So, Alexis, do you think this idea that that black people think they must be twice as good to be half as good in the corporate environment is also part of this emotional um, abuse? I do. And I think that way because, and even that can be a stretch, but I do think that way because look at it, again, systemically systematically and systemically. You think about it, how how many times we've gotten excellent reviews year after year and you're still not being promoted. Mm-hmm. You're given twice as much work to prove yourself, but you're still not being elevated to the next level. But you see people who you know are less qualified, who are less experienced and who are less disciplined than you are that are getting moved on up. What is that about? If, if our race had nothing to do with it, then why are we not seeing more and more people of color being promoted into higher paying positions and to positions of authority. They say it's the angry black woman or you don't know how to talk to people. Mm. No, because a lot of people that are not African-American don't know how to talk to people and are very authoritative when they don't need to be authoritative. So this is a real conversation, again, that we need Mm. to have about how our culture is setting us up emotionally for failure. So Alexis, once you discover that you have been emotionally abused, What are you saying you should do to take steps to rectify that situation? I definitely recommend two things Um, on um, the the most cheaper and economical level possible. That would be to start journaling. Start capturing your feelings when you're angry, when you're happy, when you're sad on a day-to-day basis, if you can't just when something happens. Because that gives you some insight into what's making you feel that way. And it also gives you a way to release those feelings from festering within. The second thing that I would definitely recommend is you're getting professional counseling. And I know that that's not always the easiest thing to do, but even if you don't have insurance, mm-hmm. there are people out there who will take patients and work with you on a payment plan that would allow you to speak to a licensed professional. I do have resources available on my website with people who deal with trauma patients. And emotional trauma is real. Right. Definitely talk to someone who doesn't know you, that's not familiar with their situation, because they're not judging you. They're listening to you to listen to you and to actually help you through it. I know there is a stigma about black men going to get medical help or black people, period, going right. to the doctor. And we need to really take care of ourselves because one of the things that starts to happen is that we internalize our feelings. We age, we drink, we smoke, we gain weight. You have internal organ failure because you're internalizing your stress and you're holding on to things that ain't meant for you to hold on to. So I would definitely recommend that you just start yeah, just start with a journal and then work your way up. If you if you feel not comfortable with talking to someone, talk to someone. Um, another thing that you can do that may be uh, more affordable to you is to find an actual support system within your social circle, your inner circle, a parent maybe, or even a sibling or maybe even a close friend that you can have open dialogue with. Mm. But if you're not ready to be honest with what's going on and what's really bothering you, it's going to be ineffective anyway. So you have to be prepared to share the ugly, dark, not so pretty experiences in your in your life in order to get the effectiveness and the change that you're looking for you have to be open and honest with yourself and that's the key that's the trick to us being able to build and move on as an individual and collectively as a society wow that's that's good now i noticed i I didn't hear you mention perhaps your priest or your pastor or even a life coach yes no 
Um, I did not for these reasons. Number one, in my book, I talked about how I went, how I felt with people, just talking about my life mm -hmm. to people that were in the church who I believed who will automatically be in my corner because we're believers. And, you know, there's a scripture to say that we should confess our sins to one another so that we can, you know, help one another. But I've, I've experienced more judgment and ridicule from people in the church than I did from the people who weren't in the church. So a lot of times, you can't be honest with who you are because you're living in fear of what they're going to say and what they're going to think about you and who they're going to tell. Um, it depends on where you are within your faith and how strong you are in your faith, if that really will make a difference for you to be able to speak to a pastor in confidence and not to fear what their thoughts and opinions will be. Um, I don't necessarily recommend life coaches because they're not counselors. They're not, they're just there to take your money. They're not there to really counsel you and to provide you wisdom and to provide you precise instructions on you how to what? do it. They're yeah. there just to give you, they're, they're, they're there just to give you a fill in the blank worksheet. Mm. Today I feel like this. This made me feel like that. That's not helping you. So I don't, it's nothing against those particular individuals because there are some people out there that want you to hold their hand, but you need to be with someone that's going to give you some viable solutions, mm -hmm. some actual steps that you can take, some measurable metrics that you can look and see how much you've grown versus paying all of this money and making somebody else rich and you still feel just as angry as you did the day that you met them. Mm -hmm. That's not mm -hmm. going to work. So, you know, that's why I don't mention the pastors and that's why I don't mention the people at church and that's why I don't mention life coaches because a lot of times people feel worse when they finish with those programs than when they started. Especially the pastors. But you know what? Coach Ellis is uh, a life coach. And I, I have to say that he, he's one of the good ones. He's one of the good ones. But I can definitely, okay, I wouldn't go talk to my pass. pastor about nothing. <laughs> but he can get a pass here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But okay, so your book, The Covered. Mm -hmm. The Covered. Explain the name. The Covered. The Covered is a threefold. Um, first of all, a lot of times, everybody, it's not just me, we all got issues that we're internalizing and dealing with every day that we're not exposing to others. Mm -hmm. um, we cover up and we wear a mask. We pretend that we're beautiful people, that we got it all together, and we're breaking down on the inside. We're crying. Right. We're miserable. We are upset. We have addictions, we have issues, we feel unloved, we feel un whatever it is that we're dealing with, that we're covering it up and wearing a mask. Um, secondly, when it comes to the church, we're not talking about real life issues. We're talking about biblical issues, which still apply today, but we're not giving practical advice on how to deal with your husband when he cheats on you after 16 years and leaves you. 16 you years, that? girl, that is the number. That is the number. You're yeah. right. Okay. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with the fact that you can't have children, but then you learn 11 years into a marriage that your husband had a family that that come has come along since you said I do? Mm, mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. How do you deal with that? Right. So I, I, that's another reason why I named it the cover, okay. um, as well as I wanted to finally take the mask off of what exactly it is that we are experiencing. These things that we yes, it's spiritual warfare, but mm. it's deeper than that. Because behind the spirits, we still are possessing feelings that need to be uncovered. Because if, if we can better understand why we're behaving the way that we are, then we can definitely understand why we're making the choices and the decisions that we consistently make and how that affects us in the future. So I'm just taking the mask off. 
um, I was covered in the beginning and I took the mask off and I looked at myself and I learned a lot about myself in writing the book and I learned a lot about the decisions that I made and I learned what those decisions said about me as a woman. Mm -hmm. So now going back to how I'm conscientious of the things that I do, the choices I make, the people that I entertain, the verbiage that I use when I'm having a conversation with people, it's all, and it's a little bit calculating, it's not as liberating, but I'm more comfortable with doing and being who I need to be for me because then I can protect myself in the long run from unwanted situations and circumstances that I was unintending to happen to me. Okay. okay. Do you have something to say, Coach? So, Alexis, I'm, I'm just going to say this one. So, uh, on behalf of the life coaches that failed you, <laughs> and on behalf of the pastors that failed you, I'm sorry. Because mm-hmm. certainly, I, I, I really hope people get the idea. And, and while I, I may respectfully disagree with the idea that something deeper than the spiritual um, mm-hmm. that at the very core, if we're spiritual mm-hmm. beings having a earthly experience, then mm-hmm. helping us heal is much more important than helping us cope. So exactly, exactly. So. You're absolutely right. And not all life coaches are bad, nor are all pastors bad. So that's important to say that because there are some individuals that I know that are not as, um, pastoral as we would like to think that they should be and they're transparent and they're you know down-to-earth individuals and they're legitimately out there to help minister to others in, in in those types of ways so I you're absolutely right in saying that and I don't want anyone to feel like they're all bad you know point the finger like we say cops are all bad because that's not it at all and you're absolutely right and it's, it's important to heal more so than cope and, and that's what the biggest difference is for me and that's why I said what I said because I don't want people just to feel like it's okay to cope. No, learn how to heal and deal with it and move Absolutely. forward effectively, not just put a band-aid over it and then it's over until the next time those emotions resurface. Right. Amazing. So you mentioned that you have a blog. Can you share because we've had some people on Facebook who wanted to know more about you because you actually called in when I was introducing you. But um, some more information oh, wow. about okay. how they can follow you Um, where they can get a copy of your book, um, any other things you want to share to the people who are interested in knowing more about Alexis Nicole White? Absolutely. You can go to my website, AlexisNicoleWhite.com. I have tips and resources for signs and symptoms of what emotional abuse is, so it's spelled out exactly for you. Um, You can also contact some of the resources that are there. Um, They do know their information is posted. Um, You can also follow me on Facebook at Alexis Nicole White. Um, I'm on Instagram. Twitter, as well as Snapchat at I am Miss Alexis, and you'll see more of my funny side, um, honestly, um, as well as I am on Google Plus at Alexis Nicole White, and you can purchase my book, the cover, in paperback and ebook from all major retail stores, Barnes and Nobles, Books a Million, Amazon, um, and for your ebook and Kindle and Nook devices, it's available there as well. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on to the show um, and sharing your information. So now I know that I have been emotionally abused more than one time. Um, and so has my publicist, <laughs> Nikki Curry. She has been as well. And look, I'm laughing not because it's funny, mm-hmm. but because I really, my job is done. Yeah. Because now I'm getting you to be conscientious of the way that you treat people and exactly. how you're being treated exactly. in these different relationships. So my job is done. Wonderful. You did, a, you did a good job. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And you guys have a blessed day. You too. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.
Great information, information. We're going to take a quick break and come back with some more of the chat. You're listening to Let's Face It. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Let's Face It with your straight morning friend. We'll be right back. You're listening to WODU, the heartbeat of Old Dominion. Check out a bunch of new shows and a catalog of our best shows over the summer on Spreaker. Tune in. The YouTube channel WODU Live or the Campus Station 70-1 on your television. Listen to some of our best shows like The Motive Show, Straight No Chaser, The Best Kind, High Velocity Sports with Michael High, The Melting Pot, Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn, Third Eye Rye, Let's Give Praise, The Dreammaker Show, and so much more. We have TV shows, video feeds of radio shows, interviews with artists in the studio, in-studio sessions, talk, sports, music, and much more on WODU, the heartbeat of Old Dominion. What's going on, everybody? This is Neo for LifeBeat. The music industry fights AIDS. When you're drunk or high, all you want to think about is what feels good. But think about this. Two Americans under the age of 21 are infected with HIV every hour of every day. Don't become another statistic. Use protection. To learn more about HIV and AIDS, go on to www.lifebeat.org. Respect yourself. Protect yourself. Hi, this is Terry Crews. Actor, former football player, game show host, father of five, and all-around big dude. I'm also an expert on drama. I know all kinds of drama. There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids. There's the bad kind, like season-ending injuries. There's the necessary kind, like having an agent in Hollywood. And there's silly drama, like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your high school diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. Or text DIPLOMA to 97779. Message and data rates may apply. Reply STOP to opt out. That's DIPLOMA to 97779. And leave the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. You are now listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Face It in the studio again with my publicist, Miss Nikki Curry, world's greatest publicist, yes, and yes, yes, yes. Coach Ellis, the new host of the TV show, the hit TV show, The Rules. So, Coach, just tell us why you started The Rules. Well, I've, I've been working with people for a while, just uh-huh. kind of talking about relationships and all types of relationships. And okay. One day I, 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 was, I was at a local restaurant having a conversation about another topic altogether, and I noticed that the person I was talking to was very distracted. Uh-huh. So I said, you know, what's going on? And so this particular person started telling me about their relationship. And, and then when they told me their relationship, they were kind of all, you know, misty-eyed and oh, kind, yeah. kind of emotional about this relationship. And, you know, when they got to tell me all of the things, it, it, I, I said, you know, here's the problem. Do you mind mm-hmm. if I tell you? I'm going to take my pastor's hat on, uh-huh. my coaching hat on. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I tell you what the problem is? Because some things I can say as a coach, I never say as a pastor. Okay. Okay. So this person, yeah, sure. I said, here's the problem. You thought you were his star player. You was really a bench warmer. Oh. And then. You break it down. Oh. The head started tw- twisting around like the exorcist. Uh-huh. The eyes started rolling back of the head. And and in this conversation, I had to say, you know, 
this is what guys do. Mm-hmm. And guy, there are patterns that men have. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, we get it from the same school and we all turn 12. Mm-hmm. We all get the same yeah. curriculum. Mm-hmm. But what I found out is that men, no matter what, what uh, culture they're from, what language they, they have, what country they're from, what religion they are, mm-hmm. all play the same games. And you know what? what? Women all fall for the same game. Really? So it doesn't matter whether you're 12 or 112. Mm-hmm. He'll play the same games, and she will fall for the same game. And the reason is people want to be in relationships. Right. So guys will play at relational language to get what they want. Mm-hmm. Dating is a goal-oriented activity for a man. Right. Okay. And it's the not hunt. to get married. The hunt. Yeah. It's the hunt. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's all about cookie jar conversations and cookie jar encounters. Uh-huh. And women, they may even know this. They're willing to trade cookie jar encounters for 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 songs of the heart. Mm-hmm. So guys will play with songs of the heart to get the cookie jar. Right. Women will offer the cookie jar to get the songs of the heart. Mm-hmm. In other words. Men will use the language of love to get sex. Mm-hmm. Women will use sex in order to try to get love. Okay. And so we started the show because most of the men that I know, mm-hmm. good men now, mm-hmm. were not good men earlier in their lives. Right. There's a transformation. Right. Right. Usually it happens after they have daughters. Oh. Because okay. that, that is Providence's... Um, Way to equalize life. Uh-huh. So now that you've abused someone else's daughter, mm-hmm. you now must watch out for your own. Oh. And so we started the show with the idea of helping women, particularly women over 30, mm-hmm. learn what the rules of the game were mm-hmm. so they would understand whether they are the star player, a skill player, or a bench warmer. Okay. So it, with the show, what each week, how are you going to incorporate? How many rules are there? All right. There are 12 rules, and there's no magic number. It's just there was 12 months. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And, uh, okay. and so it started as a radio show. Okay. And my, my, my co-host, Fiona Huff, uh-huh. and I have been doing this radio show for a little over a year. Okay. And so we, we set up 12 rules in 12 months, and each week of the month, we talked about a different aspect of the rule. Okay. And so as, as we were doing this, we said, you know, this really ought to be seen in a wider, bigger audience. Right. So we had an opportunity to get on Sky 4, uh-huh. and I now have four TV co-hosts, uh-huh. um, Jody Melissa Slaughter, who mm-hmm. I call Doc, mm-hmm. and um, Tracy Hardney Scott, Ross Silk, mm-hmm. um, Ron Arrington, mm-hmm. RoboCop, mm-hmm. and Kylie, <laughs> Kylie. I like these names. Yeah, Kylie Michelle Proctor, mm-hmm. Youngin. Okay. So, and these women are 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 you know from ages twenty seven through fifty plus. All right. They they either are expecting life to be great. Or they know life ain't so great. Ah, and they've had the dynamic of yep. that. Wow. And uh, married, okay. single, used to be married, want to be married, you know, all, all the mixture. Mm-hmm. And we have these transformational conversations mm-hmm. about these 12 rules. Wow. So what's the rule for this week that okay. you're talking about? This t- We just filmed our fourth show okay. last night. Okay. And that rule is protect the cookie jar. Protect you must know how to protect the cookie jar. Explain. Okay. Every man, mm-hmm. a man's goal mm-hmm. is to have cookie jar encounters. Right. Now, I, I don't have to go into a lot of detail of what those are. Right. Okay. They're cookie jar encounters. Mm-hmm. And we start with cookie jar conversations. That's okay. all wrapped. That, 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 that's the words that we put out, that we laid, that we laid a foundation. Mm-hmm. And the cookie jar encounters is when we close the deal. Right. So every man is after that. In fact, um, there was an article 
called in the science of sex mm -hmm. that say there are four things that are consistent. And one of the things is that men are constantly in pursuit of this cookie jar encounter. Okay. Why do we talk to you as a woman? Do you really think we, we, we care a whole lot about what you have to say? Okay. Not really. Okay. We want we like the benefits of you feeling like you've been heard. Yeah. Because I got my boys to have conversations with. Uh -huh. I I don't need to hang out with you. I got my boys to hang out with you. Uh -huh. But you have potential. My boys ain't got. Right. Got so you. So I'm uh -huh. willing to put up a lot of stuff. I, I can listen to you talk. We go shopping. I take you to dinner. Uh -huh. You know, do all those things in pursuit of, of the, the cookie, cookie jar. jar. You know? Encounter. In fact, why do we cuddle after we're done with the cookie jar encounter? So we can we set in the conditions for the, for the next, next one. Got encounter. you. Okay. I got you. And so let me ask you this thing. Sure. Is there um, a difference? Okay, so in this pursuit, so you're laying the, the groundwork, and your goal is the cookie jar. So if we get to the cookie jar too fast, what's, what, what's the... There is no such thing as cookie jar too fast. There's no, no there's, such thing. Okay. Uh, remember, we ain't trying to marry anybody. Okay. We're just trying to have cookie jar encounters. Now, I, I, I'm saying this... And when I say we, this uh -huh. is, is I'm retired. Okay. So when I say we, well, I'm <laughs> okay. retired. Hall of Fame, but mm -hmm. I am retired. Okay. Okay. But the idea of the, when I say we, mm -hmm. I'm talking euphemistically of men in, in general. In general. And there are exceptions to every rule. Now, you know, and everybody, the problem with the exception to every rule mm -hmm. is every woman thinks their man is the exception. Okay. And in most cases, they are the exception, just not for you. You're right. So when they finally meet the one. Uh-huh. All the rules go away. Okay. And the reason the rules go away is because she has mastered the rules and he can't run game. The one that uh, captures the man's heart is the woman he cannot run this game on. But chances are she will become the star player, but she was somebody else's bench warmer. That's how she learned how to master the game. Mm. <laughs> yes. Okay, I get that. So, so what was last week? This sounds interesting. So, well, let's go back to the beginning. Okay. Right? So the first show was uh -huh. know yourself. Know yourself. Okay. And that's the foundational rule. If you okay. don't know who you are, okay. then I can't know who you are. Yeah. Uh -huh. Right? And if you if you don't know who you are, then you will fall for it. And I said this on the show, and, and I'm telling you, my co-host went absolutely nuts. But I believe this to be true. If you don't know who you are, uh -huh. ladies, I as the man will define you in the way I want you to be. And because your desire is to be with me, mm -hmm. you, will you, will begin, conform. you will conform. Ah. And you will be what I want you to be. I'll make you useful to me and useless to anybody else. By the time you find out who you truly are, mm -hmm. I'm, it's okay. I'm done with you. Wow. And it's time for you to go someplace else. I ain't saying it's right. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying it's real. That's when you get the, I, I lost myself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and how many women do we know come back and say, you know, when I really got fed up, mm -hmm. I found myself. Uh -huh. Or as the Bible would say, I came back to myself. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, because your father or your uncle, your granddad, they put, they helped set the conditions for who you are. Right, right. But when we get grown, we go off to college, mm -hmm. get a little educated, mm -hmm. we start losing our way. Yeah. And so the first rule was know yourself. Okay. Second rule was know your list. What are those things that you must have in a man? Okay. What are those things that are absolutely positively deal breakers? Okay. You must not. And then after you get through those screening criteria, then what are the things I like to have? Mm -hmm. So you got to know your list because if you don't know your list, again, I will present uh, you. Will you. Get, you'll, yeah. And yeah. you'll believe that list. Yeah. 
And so, uh, Ross Silk says this: if you if you know you're allergic to smoke, why date a smoker? All right. So, you got to know your list. The next rule was know your baggage. Everybody comes into relationships with baggage. Mm-hmm. These are the emotional memories of past relationships, good and bad, Mm -hmm. but they're past relationships, so they impact your current situation. And if you don't understand how they impact you you Mm -hmm. and your current situation, you could lose your current situation for something that some joker did you 10, 15 years ago. Right. And you really need to deal with that before you even try to enter into anything else. It would be helpful if you yeah. if you do, but but some, number one. But some things, some things you can't unpack until your man shows up, because he's been given to you to help you unpack it. There are some things you need help unpacking, okay. So he will oh. have to help you unpack. Okay. If he's the if he's the man, not just uh-huh. a man, right? He may even be a great man, uh-huh. a good man, but he may not be the man for you. And when he gets <laughs> to be the man, uh huh. He will help you unpack something right. because only he can help you. Uh-huh. We had a guest a couple of weeks ago that was talking about the soulmates. Mm-hmm. I remember yep. how she's saying you have several soulmates to get you from point to point. That's in line with what, what he's saying there. Yep, yep. So, but the idea is you're going to be soulmate and soul tied. Soulmate and soul tied. You want to be a soulmate, you don't want to be a soul tie. Okay? The soul tie is baggage you bring in yeah. because you, you – know, I can't. I can't really give you all of my heart because part of my heart Martin's is still, still over there. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's a soul tie. <sighs> that's good stuff. Okay, so you true. You're right. You're I, right though. You're I, right. I ain't you're saying. Right. I'm just saying. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You're right. <laughs> you're right. Well, you know where our next guest is coming up. Um, David Chatfield, cracking the happiness code. It mm. says, "Do you struggle with happiness? Are you ready to crack the code? Get ready to change your life and be happier." David Blake Chatfield has cracked the code to happiness. His book, Taking Control, Cracking the Code of Happiness. And David explains how you can take control of your life and be happier. He teaches how to be fearless, recognize, and disconnect yourself from toxic relationships, which Mm -hmm. I need to hear, and how to get what you want out of life. So um, coming up next, we're going to have David Blake Chatfield. He's going to be calling in. Um, That's some good information you just gave. Thank you. Thank you. So you, your what what day does your show come on? Your radio show. The, the radio show comes on Thursday nights. Okay. Um, on Block Talk Radio. Okay. You just just go in there and search for Coach Ellis and Fiona. Okay. okay it's called the Rules R U L Z. Okay. And it, the TV show, of course, comes on Mondays on Sky Four here in the Hampton Roads area at five o'clock in the morning. Wow! Wow! So let me ask you a question: Have you ever experienced heartbreak? Absolutely. I have been in the fetal position. You have. Oh yeah, as a grown man uh-huh. in a fetal position over something that um, somebody who I was soul tied to did. Well, okay, um, because there's a new study. Um, it says men may never truly get men may never truly get over um, a relationship breakup like a woman would. It says they they surveyed. 5,705 participants in a study across 96 countries. And they said researchers found that men suffer as the impact of the loss sinks in and that they have to start competing all over again for a significant other. Women, they're emotionally hit the hardest after a breakup, but men seem to suffer more in the long term and they may never truly get over it. 
Absolutely. So this is something. I mean, because my relationship ended last June, and I really it just took me until this June to not cry daily over it. Yep. Um. Yep. So I was just like, Well, part of that is because we don't deal with the emotion up front. Oh yeah, because like, we're taught that we're not even supposed to to face that. Right? I'm a man. I'm a yeah. man. I'm a man. Yeah. You know. So, so, but because we don't get it out, mm-hmm. then it lingers. Right. And it begins to like a sore begins to fester. Mm-hmm. And and let's be honest, Will. One of the hardest things for men. Mm-hmm. When someone quits us, we want to get them back just so we can quit them. Right. 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 Well, you know what? We have our next Go guest right on the line. We have calling in Mr. David Blake Chatfield. Welcome to the show. How are you? Great. How are you guys? Doing well. Well, thank Great. you for calling in. How's your How's your evening going? Really well. That's good. Thank you. That's good. So you've written a book, Taking Control, Cracking the Code to Happiness, right? So what was your motivation behind writing this book? Well, it it all started when my oldest daughter went to college, and she left sunny, uh, beautiful Southern California and went up to cloudy, dreary Northern California and got depressed and (laughs) couldn't get out of bed to go to school. (laughs) So every day I wrote a Facebook post and tried to motivate her and and say something positive and, and get her up and go to class. And I did that for an entire year. And at the end of the semester, I stopped putting my posts up. And then I got hundreds of emails from my friends saying, why did you stop? You were getting us out of bed. You were motivating us. And so I said, I'll just write a book. And that's how it started. Hmm. Okay. That's pretty good. So, so what, can you share some with us some of these great secrets for cracking this code of happiness? Well, you know, uh, the the first secret is not really a secret because I hear your guests talk about it all the time. Your, the people who have reached success always talk about how they started with integrity. Hmm. And that's one of the key secrets is to make and keep a commitment with yourself to keep all of your agreements with everyone. And that means that if you tell a friend that you're going to go meet them on Tuesday for coffee at 10 o'clock, uh, you actually go there and show up, and even if something better comes up, if something better comes up, you tell the person, I can't go, I already have a commitment at 10 o'clock on Tuesday, and uh, we'll have to find another time. And if, if you start doing that, then your friends understand that you're a person of integrity and that you keep your agreements with everyone, and this builds trust, and you become a person that can be dependent upon. And that really will... That one thing alone will change how people react to you and change the way your life works. Hmm. So this is basically in, a part of integrity. Yes, it's uh, being in, full of integrity. And then once you embark on this life of integrity, um, then the best thing to do is to eliminate disappointments by eliminating egocentric expectations. In other words, you have to accept people the way they are. You know, hmm. Don't try to get into a relationship with people you need to change oh. because, you know, people don't want to change. You know, there's someone in your life that's sucking all of your energy mm-hmm. away. Get rid of them. They're toxic and you, you cannot maintain relationships with these negative people. Mm-hmm. So when you say and, cracking the code, I want to know what 
What, what does cracking the code mean exactly? Well, it's the way I look at it. It's kind of like a combination of to a safe. Okay. Um, it's all of these little rules that we learned along our life, but you know we don't know how to put them into practice. Mm-hmm. And so it's like having all the numbers to a combination to a safe, but you don't know what um, sequence they go and which direction to turn the knob. So what I do is I give people the code. I, I put it in the sequence that they need in order to make it work. And then by the time they're done reading the book, they can open the safe and in it, inside the safe is happiness. Their life is, is functioning in all different aspects. Okay. So, you know, different people define happiness in different ways. Is this prescribed for any particular brand of happiness? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I was with uh, this guru yesterday, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, hmm. and he was talking about how a lot of people, they don't recognize if they're happy or not. And he says, you know, you just look in the mirror and and that's happiness. If you're happy, it's it's pretty easy to to understand if you're happy. It's you know people who are happy they don't say, you know, um, they shouldn't say, "Gee, am I happy?" They should, you know, just feel it. And it's all it's just um, kind of like a underlying current in your life where you believe that everything's going to work out for you and everything's fine, and you don't feel threatened and scared. We, I talk about fear in the book and how to get rid of it. Okay. Um, if you're happy, you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, people, people who are depressed, they don't ask, gee, am I depressed? They just say, I'm depressed. So why people say, am I happy? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I mean, you just, you just know it. Okay. Okay. So, We've all had situations where we've encountered people in our lives that we you know they've been placed in our lives um, to cause havoc and pain. Those mm-hmm. toxic relationships. So, when did you first realize that you had those relationships that uh, negatively impacted your life? Well, um, I, I had a friend. Her name is Debbie Dashinger, and she wrote a book called Dare to Dream. Oh, yeah. And she she told me uh, how to recognize people who were negative in your life. And, and basically she said, if you're, if you're talking to them mm-hmm. and when they leave, you're sick and you need to go lie down, <laughs> then, then you know there's something really wrong. Okay. <laughs> and then um, a couple of my other friends, uh, authors wrote about negative relationships and, and they agree with me, which is that people don't change and negative people are not going to get any better. They're going to stay the way they are. And the only way you can avoid the consequences of them is to get rid of them. I know it sounds harsh, and you may have to end long relationships, but once wow. you recognize that someone's just an energy vampire sucking the life out of you, that you got to get rid of them. Wow. So if your energy thief is your wife or your husband, you're saying cut them? Um, unfortunately... Unless they want to change, I mean, you can go to therapy with them. But did you just say they don't change? They they don't change unless they want to change. Mm-hmm. And so it's possible that they could change, 
but people most likely, you know, as people grow up, they're kind of, it's kind of like concrete. You know, when you're young, you're malleable and you can form into different things and you can change. But as you get old, you harden, you get stuck in your ways Mm -hmm. and you kind of stay that way until you die and turn to dust just like concrete (laughs) does. So, uh, you know, people, they just, it's, it's like when we were younger, we used to like to ride roller coasters in the dark and get scared and mm-hmm. feel excitement. But when we got older, that wasn't really exciting anymore. It was kind of scary. And that's why people stop changing. You know, they get comfortable and they, they don't want to risk anything. And those people, unfortunately, are the majority and they're not always the successful ones because the successful people are the ones that take risks. But um, you can change people possibly if you can convince them that there's something that they should look at and maybe there's a way they can grow. So is risk taking, I'm sorry, is risk taking one of the, uh, the values or one of the things you talk about in cracking the code? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, there's a, a little saying that I have, which is no risk equals no reward. <laughs> and you can't have a reward without a risk. And um, for example, in, in a relationship setting, you know, don't be afraid to get hurt or you will never get into a strong relationship. Um, you know, I know we're risking our hearts mm-hmm. and our minds and our souls, but um, it, it could be really scary but in a love relationship, the risk, just as the reward, is the greatest. So you have to let go of fear and just give way to trust and just go for it. And um, in your business life, mm-hmm. you should take risks too. You should not play it safe. The people that um, are successful, you know, they don't succeed every time they take a risk but they don't fall every time either. And they take a risk and that way they can take a chance at having a reward. And those of us who have succeeded, we um, realize that we uh, wouldn't succeed without taking the risk. Mm -hmm. And we don't even look at the times we fail. We look at them as lessons along the road. Okay. I get that. Okay. So, So, your book also discusses values and how did you learn those values that you discussed in the book? And can you describe a few of them for us? Well, um, when I was a young child, my parents, if I wanted a bicycle, they, they told me, okay. And I'm talking like six, seven years old. They said, here's a book, go sell Christmas cards door to door. And I would do that. I would go along the neighborhood and go door to door and sell Christmas cards until I had enough to buy a bike Mm -hmm. in the booklet at the end was one of the things you could buy. And then if I wanted to go to camp in the summer, they'd say, here, go sell these peanuts door to door. And so I sold peanuts door to door until I earned enough money to go to camp. And it wasn't until years later that I learned that my parents were actually paying the neighbors to buy these things for me. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Because they were trying to teach me the value of hard work and reward right. and the feeling of self-worth that comes from it. And 
So really, self-acceptance is so important, as is letting go of the past, so that you feel comfortable with yourself and you can put yourself out there every day, whether you're feeling 100% or not. Okay. Okay. Hmm, that's good. That's good. So, hey, what if, what are some of your favorite stories and anecdotes? Well, one of my favorite stories is the one which has to do with uh, finding um, opportunities and disappointments. Um, a while back, I was with a friend at his company visiting him, and the company actually laid him off while I was there. And he was surprised and upset, as you would imagine. And we went to lunch, and I tried to turn him around a little bit. And I said to him, now that you're not working 9 to 5, what does that open up for you? And he says, well, you know, I've always wanted to start my own business. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, why don't you do that? And then I helped him do that, and he got other friends to help him do it. And it became so successful that his products were eventually distributed by the same company that fired him. <laughs> How ironic was that? And so really the, the lesson in that is that every disappointment creates new opportunities. Right. And, you know, sometimes you hear about, you know, people saying, oh, there's a door open in front of you and don't. Mm -hmm. and, but really, you shouldn't look so long at the door that's closed behind you that you don't see the opportunities in front of you. Um, the, the people who are thought leaders say that the past, after it's, you're done with it during the day, it's just a dream. Um, and you really shouldn't give it more than that. And you should learn from it, remember it, but it's not really happening at the moment. Uh, the future, you can be a little ant anticipatory about, a little afraid, but the present, you can actually control it. Mm. You can actually do the best you can with every minute you have, but you have to be present to do that, not worrying about the past and not worrying about the future. Okay. You're, one of the things that your book covers, which, I, which is familiar to me as a style coach, um, it covers all aspects of your life, but you also share why, um, like, for example, looking and feeling your best is really important to your happiness. Can you explain why you think that's important? Well, um, for one thing, if you are healthy uh, and in good shape, mm -hmm. um, you'll have a better self-worth. Um, and there's a secret benefit to, right. to exercise that most people don't know. And that is that if you exercise, mm -hmm. you get less depressed, you get less stressed, and you have a feeling of euphoria. You actually, it balances your hormones in your body and makes you feel good. And so actually, being physically fit and eating healthy things makes your body feel great. And you know what it's like to wake up in the morning and you have a headache or your, your legs hurt or your arms hurt or something hurts in your body. That really makes your day a downer. But if you are in great shape and you um, have good grooming and you, you look in the mirror and you actually say, well, hey, this is the best I can be or close to it, then, you, then you're happier with, with the way your day begins because, I mean, how could you be a happy person? You can have all the money in the world, 
but if you don't have your health, you know, you don't have anything really. So with all with all this, what part does faith play in being happy? What part does faith play? Right. Actually, um, it's very important to every day sit down and spend some time, a half hour meditating, praying, whatever you want to call it, you know, getting in touch with yourself, your God, and everything in the world about life. Just shut all of your worries and your drama and stress out and actually spend a minute to try to connect with your divine Mm -hmm. and um, bring yourself to oneness with the world and everything around you. And that's very important. And if it means going to church and participating with other people and sharing, mm-hmm. that's a great thing, too. Mm. That's good. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. So, so, David, how can people follow you? How can they definitely get a copy of your book? But how can they follow you? To, um, do, so are you saying you do seminars and workshops as well? Yes, I do. Um, right now they can find my book on Amazon. Okay. And it's also available on Kindle. And they can contact me directly by emailing me at david at chatfieldentertainment.com. Okay. That's, that's my email address, and I actually read every email mm-hmm. and respond to all of them. Okay. And you might think it's a big task, but I think each individual that takes a second out to write me deserves to be paid attention to, and I give them a, a response. And it's really, really great to hear from my readers and and hear how people around the world are really changing their lives by reading my book. That's good. That's good. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing information about your book. Um, we appreciate you. Have any final words that you'd like to say regarding it that perhaps we haven't touched on? Well, I think that the best thing is, you know, don't carry your past painful experiences around with you. Mm-hmm. If, if Feel the pain and let it go. And at the end of every day, think about what happened during your day and then just say goodbye to it. It's a dream and get ready for the next day. Awesome. Awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for taking time out to come on the show and to share. I want to wish you the very best mm-hmm. and hopefully you'll, you'll have a good evening. Thank you very much. It was great to be here. You're welcome. Have a good evening. All right. Bye-bye. We'll be right back. I'm a firefighter. A teacher. I'm a farmer. I'm a barber. A waitress. A mom. We're all part of your community. Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our everyday. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty something or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right. These are the moments to take a pause. Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. It's not about paranoia. Or being afraid. It's about standing up and protecting our communities. One detail at a time. Because a lot of little details can become a pattern. We. 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 We trust our instincts. Just like you should. 
Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. It's pouring rain. It's real dark outside. Your heart starts beating really, really fast. You've never done anything so hard in your life. This is boot camp. This is the real thing now. It's such extreme pain, you don't understand how you can finish. I began to feel that there was no way I was ever going to have my title, U.S. Marine. It takes special inner strength, courage, and desire to do this. I was just thinking, I'm so close. I'm so close. And when I, I finished, I was like, I'm done. I did it. The moment I will never forget is when this drill instructor that I admire so much comes up to me straight in front of me, put her arm on my shoulder and said, good morning, Marine. PFC Summer Volkman became a Marine. Can you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. The few, the proud, the Marines. As a mother, you don't want to have to worry about this bill is coming, but then she needs this chemo. That's a decision you shouldn't have to make. It's a huge burden lifted financially, and so it allows you to give singular focus to your child. I've never known a hospital that takes care of their patients so thoroughly. That was the first thing I was like, how are we going to do this? When they told us that we didn't have to pay a single bill, I was like, wow. They pretty much have saved us. It's like the world has been lifted off of your shoulders. And now your focus is supporting this child. There is not another hospital like St. Jude. The patient care is unmatchable. It saved my life. It saved my daughter's life. It saved our family. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. You're listening to WODU, ODU source for radio and television. Check us out on Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, 89.3 FM, and Channel 70-1 on campus for some of the best programming from students right here at ODU. Thank you for listening to the Monarch Source for College Radio, WODU. You are now listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Face It. We have the privilege of having world's greatest publicist, Miss Nikki Curry, yes. on the mic. I was not going to have her in here doing absolutely nothing but taping me and Coach Ellis. Yep, so yep. we have, welcome to the show, Nikki. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Excited to be here. I'm so glad you're here so we can get some perspective from a woman on the show because um, you have so much to say behind the camera. We like to bring people who like to hide behind the camera up front so their voice can be heard like Wendy Williams. Yep, yep. Okay. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> you are entitled to be wrong. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay, ladies, y'all call in and help me out on this. Yeah, now. yeah. This is going to be interesting. But I first wanted to talk about an issue that um, I saw, I think it was in a magazine, basically about new apps that allow spouses to spy on their cheating partners. Um, of course, we all knew about the apps like um, Tinder, Grindr, Bumble, who basically allow people to do hookups or whatever. This is an app that basically allows you to cheat on your spouse who you feel like may be cheating on you. So um, things like Swipe Buster, this allows jealous lovers to track someone's activity without their knowledge um, is the most controversial. And basically what they do is I think they, you could take the person's phone because I looked into it. 
during my last relationship. <laughs> I'm not I'm not lying to you. If my whole thing was, and I know they're listening, my whole thing was how was I going to get the phone? And you put a dummy app on the person's phone. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of them out there. Yeah, to see um, what's going on, but um, that's scandalous. It's yeah. scandalous. Is it necessary? And there are also things like you can do, like mattress motion sensors. I saw that on TV. I saw that one on TV. Um, too much. Yeah, and it will alert you that there's too much activity going on on your mattress at home. Say what now? Why are you Just not get here? Smart. Don't do it on the mattress. I mean, that, that's wow. Reality. So it's like a GPS. Very rarely like I'm on a... the mattress. Don't anyway. let the dog get uh, up there. Well, <laughs> wow. TMI. I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But um, yeah, what do you feel like this? Do you have you ever snooped? Coach Coach Ellis, oh, he's Coach been do, why, he's why been pleading the fifth. Me? He's hey, been pleading the fifth a and lot and in this I show. I plead the fifth. Take it to the grave. I plead right? the fifth. Take it to some, the grave. Some secrets should never be told. You, but here's here's the thing: if you have to cheat, if I mean, if you have to spy, uh-huh. I'm 50 years old. I ain't got the energy. Exactly. If, if I get if I have to check up on you, I don't need you. Right. And, and let me. It ain't and, always been that way now. Right. But, you know, I'm telling you now. If I if I got to spend energy like that, I don't need you. I agree with you, Coach. Um, however, we all have probably glanced or uh, snooped in our own little sneaky way. Mm-mm. But it gets to a point where if I have to do all of that, that means you're not the one for me. There's right. no trust there. There's no loyalty there. There may be some insecurities there. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that. So I need to check myself first. Mm-hmm. I need to check myself first, and then I can take a look at you. Because if I have to do a second job by mm-hmm. snooping on you, we have an issue. We have yep. a problem. And I don't have that kind of time. I'd rather be buying shoes or something. Yeah. <laughs> but see, I would tell you that, that before you even get to that place, you've had to give me some indicators. Yeah. Right. Those red flags. Yeah. yeah. Those red flags yeah. came up there. And, it's, it's, and it's, it, it's not just my imagination. Uh-huh. Right. Sing the song. It's not my imagination uh-huh. that you have, you have done a few things or you have been caught in a few things. or right. you, you may not have been exactly truthful. Forthcoming. In, you know. Yeah. Let me give it to you from a woman's perspective. Let me hit you with the headliner. Mm-hmm. A woman always knows, but we ignore the red flags. Okay. We ignore the Men signs. do it too. Yeah, men uh, do it men too. Men don't know. But you all are not as smart as us. Okay. As long as we're having cookie jar conversations, we don't really care. Exactly. Until the If you're vested. But even if you're vested. Oh, when you're, that's a good word. Even when you're vested. Uh-huh. You care when you're vested, but because you're vested, you want to think the best of her. She wants to think the worst of you. I don't agree. I, mm, See, no. we're gonna give her the benefit of the doubt. Even in my my back in the day days, <laughs> <laughs> hint, hint, low, back low, in the low, day low, days, low, yeah, low, 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 in the high way, school days, the way back machine, right? I yeah. wouldn't. No, no, you wouldn't. I, I agree. I agree. I, I I disagree with you, Coach Ellis. From me, from my from my, from my perspective, no, I I disagree with that. Are so you, you think you knew? It? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, you know, and I cared. I cared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I cared if I got proof. Mm-mm. But if I, just, I've always been a snooper. Well, see, yeah. and, I I, and I let it be up front. No, I've done it, and I'm going to do it again. So if this you? is your method of doing it, you know, you need to get better at it. So are you saying, Will, that a cheater knows a, to, to to catch a cheater? A you have cheater to, knows. You have to have been a, cheater a cheater knows, but there there are those red yeah. flags too. Game knows game. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I, now I agree. I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm, I agree mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. yeah. I was a little naive back in the day. Uh-huh. You know? I, I, I <laughs> but you Hall of Fame. Times. 
Huh? You Hall of Fame now. Right? Yes, yeah. You know what? I got to be Hall of Fame by being used. Oh, okay. And, and understanding what game I need to play. Uh-huh. But I will tell you that I do believe that if, that if rumor had it that I may have cheated sometime <laughs> in my life, rumor. just maybe. Rumor. I believe that she knew, but she just didn't. She she knew, but she didn't want to get it confirmed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's, again, from a woman's perspective. Yep. A woman always knows. And I was okay with her not confirming. And I bet you were. If if that was what I did. Uh, uh, yeah, you plead the fifth. Go ahead and plead the fifth <laughs> and take the train and all of that. But a woman, we know, especially a seasoned woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Women, we have to get to the point where we recognize it is what it is. And it is what we make it. So the bottom line is, if it's a red flag, if something pops up, it's not your imagination. Just your Sometimes we <laughs> ignore it. We ignore it because we do not want to believe it. We don't want to mm-hmm. confirm it. And it's just heartbreaking to know that, wow, I am right. So I have to do something about it or should I just sit still and do nothing? You know, Ross Silk talked about this, mm-hmm. right? That women have a tendency to turn off their BS protector. Exactly, we do. Right? Because you don't want to prove it. You don't want to know. It's okay if I think it. Mm-hmm. It's not okay if I know it. And I, and I think that that's probably a very true statement. So for guys, when we know, we're done. Right. Okay. But as long as we don't know, I actually, we suspect we're pretty much done. Mm-hmm. Women can suspect and, and be okay till they have proof. Guys, when they suspect, we're done. Because for men, it's a matter of respect, not a matter of love. Right. For women, it's a matter of love, not necessarily respect. But for men, it takes you all too long to even figure it out because you all cannot even scheme or think on the level that a, a, a woman can. It's I'm not, sorry. It's, <laughs> not, it's not that. It's just that we are in the impression that if she's with us, she's perfectly satisfied. She, would, she wouldn't go nowhere else. And you're wrong. And, and we might be wrong, <laughs> right? But you won't be able to let you won't be able to tell us wrong because the thing is that what hurts men the most about women cheating in the fact she cheated. Mm-hmm. It's our ego. Our ego. It's our exactly. ego. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. On and, me? And, yeah, on me. Yeah. Right. And here's the thing. We will not tell you. We will take it to the grave. Yeah. You will never know. Uh-uh. And no. I, from what I've been told. You uh, <laughs> see? Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, but but women, and just understand, women have a tendency to be more forgiving about infidelity than mm-hmm. men do as well. Yes and no. On the surface, we're more forgiven. But you better believe You'll that. stick around longer. We'll stick around longer, but things will never be the same. And we no. will never look at you the same. You lose respect, and we'll never let you know that you've lost respect for that. As long as you've we have a cookie jar conversation, we don't know, we don't, we ain't necessarily you know concerned about respect. You can have the cookie jar, cookie jar conversations and do the cookie jar mumble. However, however. It would never be the same because you may be having a cookie jar conversations, but she's thinking about those same conversations she's had with someone else mm-hmm. or the potential to have them with someone else. Yep. So we'll let her, we'll let her live her potential. Uh, okay. You know what? I have, um, I was at dinner with a friend of mine this week and we were talking about the, the upcoming show and he made a statement. He said, people do not change. They just change the way they do things. Mm-hmm. Once a cheater, always a cheater. Do you agree? I didn't agree. I don't agree. I mean, otherwise I couldn't be retired. <laughs> right, right. If, if I had cheated, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know. mm-hmm. Oh, you plead the fifth. I again. plead the fifth. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I um I disagree, but I think that it's going to I think that person will still have cheater tendencies. <laughs> cheater tendencies. Yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah. I do. I, I think it's um something could spark them to cheat or think about cheating, or they may think about the consequences and go, Okay, I better not. But the tendencies will always be there. Well, Tennessee is going to be there whether they cheat or not. Exactly. That's what okay. I'm saying. Tennessee is all It is when they get the right woman for them. Right. Okay. Is the cost benefit analysis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Mm. Is, is, can this mule outplow mine? Mm. You know, is, is it worth this mm-hmm. over that? And, and at the end of the day, if I found the one, it's not worth the risk. Now, if it's simply A1, it might be worth a whole lot of risk a whole lot of different times. Right. Right. And that's the difference. And I think that's a good point, uh, point Coach Ellis. Um, the, knowing the difference between V1 and A1. A1. And a yep. lot, especially women, we don't understand that concept. We don't get it. And, you know, I can't speak for every woman, but I think I'm kind of a seasoned woman, AARP status. Mm. So, um, and, mm. and having relationships and marriages and all that good stuff, I, I understand when it comes to knowing what you have and what you're working with. And a mm-hmm. lot of times as women, we don't get that. So when we have the cheating conversations and we're dealing with a man or a significant other that has the tendencies to cheat, it breaks us down because we're thinking, after everything I've done, after everything I've been through with you, and you have the audacity to do this just because you can, mm-hmm. and that's another concept women don't understand. Why do we always ask them, why would you cheat? Why did you do this? Why did you go out there and have an affair on me? I thought you were happy. I thought I can. because a man can, and that's just point simple. Blank. I mean, it's right to the point, and we well, have to understand. Because a man can. We so, may not like it. We don't like well, it. So you should make it where he can't. How do you do that? First of all, if he ain't got the energy to cheat, he ain't got the energy to cheat. Hey, I, okay. I don't I, agree with that. I don't agree with that. Well, I, all I would ask you is that I'm telling you, as a man. Okay. Okay. If I ain't, it is when I'm in relationship with you, mm-hmm. you assume all of. All of my hoist tendencies, you okay. become responsible for. All my freaky desires, you oh, become Lord. responsible for. So if you're meeting the needs and the wants, I ain't, and especially as we grow older and come more seasoned, we ain't got all that energy. I, I got a rebuttal. I have a rebuttal to this. Okay. She got, she got I, I, I know of a woman. I know of a woman, strong, independent woman, took care of a man, married to this man. Everything is great. She had, I'm a act like the old school mm-hmm. relations with her husband uh-huh. every single day. Anytime he asked, she believed in what the Bible says, all of that. She did what she was supposed to do. He mm-hmm. thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Okay. The man cheated on her for years. For so, years. And, the only and I question, know several stories like that. The only question I would ask, and, and, and at some juncture men get to a place where, yeah, we, we like to have Ego. relations every day. But if you're making it, if making me feel like it's a duty for you, there you go. Versus a pleasure for you, then, I, then you haven't done the responsibility to keep me satisfied. Because now it's a duty. And, Was it fresh? Yeah. I mean, is it a chore? Yeah. 
<laughs> or was it, you know, did you come to bed like you wanted, you know, right. this connection? Or was it, okay, it's 8 o'clock, okay, it's now, supposed to be doing this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, because nothing is worse than sympathy or duty boinks. There's nothing worse yeah. than that. I, I understand, I, I and I agree with that. But, but we won't I, tell you no. Right. We'll still, we'll still do it, but. According to this woman, she enjoyed every single minute of it. So, and she thought she had the best marriage in the world. And what she did he could say? not understand. What did he say? He said it was the best. So. But again, it goes back to my point of why does a man cheat? Because he can. Some men would cheat just because it's something to do. They want to see if they still have it. It's an ego thing. It's like, okay, someone flirted with me. Let me take it to the next level. And, and they have everything going for them at home. Everything. Life is good. Life is good. Well, he couldn't have had everything going on at home because he found somebody else. I, 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 I agree to disagree with you. I still think there are some men, not all, there are some men out there would do it just because. It's but, Wednesday. You know if there's a, if there's a pathology, that's a sickness. Okay. okay. But, oh, sickness? Oh, no, no, I'm saying if he, if, he, if he has a pathology, right, mm-hmm. which I, right. I'm not sure there's any such thing as a sex addict, but you know, mm-hmm. if you're Eric Brene and Thank you're you. ma- married to Halley and you got a sex addiction, <laughs> uh, I got some issues. Right. But if you have this pathology and there's some medical reason, okay, maybe, kind of, sort of. But if not, something he needed Something's was not lacking. being yeah. met. What well, is it the woman's job to meet every I don't think no person can meet True. another person's every need. No, you're I mean, right. They just you can't. I wonder if it could be something within themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But the they idea just spoke to me. I was like, well, maybe it's not even something they can get from another person, something they're dealing right. with that causes but, but I what need was, help. But what was missing in it, even if they needed help, what was missing in it is the ability to go to say, Nikki, you know I love you, right? But um, I'm being challenged. By whatever Jody, right. what man you, you know, know will come out and say if, that if if, if he is with the one, they need to have cultivated that that type of relationship that they can say I'm being challenged, because what it does it provides you the opportunity to help protect me. Well, that's in a perfect world, Coach. Yeah. What men you know has actually done that? I, I know uh, as a retired player. I'm mean, yeah. retired. Um, team owner. <laughs> team owner. Team owner. I'm player team owner. Team owner. Uh, trying to demote me. I like your nerve. <laughs> no, but but here's what I know. I do know some men who've had this conversation. Okay. But they've they've only able to have it because they established early in their relationship that that they uh, were able to be honest with her without her diminishing them. The worst thing that can happen is for her to go, well, you just need to go see Jesus. Mm. Or you need to go pray about this, or, or you need to man up, or whatever. You know, whatever statement. Instead of saying, "Okay, you're being challenged. Let's figure out what to do about this," because we're honest about it. You know, been forewarned. Uh, I got eyes. Well, when what happens when the situation is reversed? She needs. I'm yeah. a woman that would do exactly the same yep. thing. Does that make me have? A man tendencies, men tendencies. <laughs> well, you do, but um, okay. let's see what. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I just look joking. like a man. Just <laughs> joking. I don't know. No, I don't know. So, so, no seriously, yeah, so women that, will do that too. Sure. We we give you the playbook. We yeah. will actually give you the playbook. We will lay it out for you. Say, okay, and in so many words, we're saying, 
you don't get it right, I gave you two right, weeks. So, uh-huh. But here's the thing. Uh-huh. Okay, but, but here's the thing. Let's be honest about it. Men are stupid when it comes to this. You can't give us hints. You have to spell it out. Right. Look, Ellis, mm-hmm. if the toes aren't curled mm-hmm. at 45 degrees mm-hmm. three times a week, mm-hmm. then next week, I'm out. I'm looking for Jody. You have to You have to be <laughs> clear mm-hmm. to say, well, you know, we could do this a little better. I don't know what that means. You must tell me. Right. Be very And, and most women don't get that from men. We don't take hints well. Right. We don't respond to nudges. I don't listen. We listen like men. That's the issue. Right. The problem when women get with their girlfriends to talk about it, they all think like women. Mm-hmm. So you're talking to men. Where's the translation between woman speak and man speak? Men, we understand if the toes aren't curled, I'm leaving. We understand that. You know, I wish we would cut a little bit more. Cuddling to us doesn't mean okay. That's my arm. Give, give me up. <laughs> So what? You you have to spell it out for us. Yeah, we really have problems in communicating. Yeah. Because we speak one language and you all speak another language. Yep. So the communication channel is not that great. There must be a translator from woman speak to man speak. Right. And I think that's a, um, a learning curve. I think that's something you have to craft or work on. It's, yeah, it's not something coach. that, oh, Lord. Okay, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come, yeah. Go let, coach. definitely go see Coach Ellis. No, but, but seriously, I think you're right, Nikki. Um, there has to be a translation, and people don't get it, because I don't speak womanese, mm-hmm. okay? If men understood women, there would not be a need for God. Right. So I don't speak womanese. Good point. Okay, and you don't speak manese. Right. Okay, so when we're talking, we're talking past each other, saying the same thing, talking past each other, because it's not a translator. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a translator. We got to find out how to, how to make the translator. And it starts early in a relationship. Okay. I need to be able to come to my woman and say, I'm being challenged mm-hmm. without her rolling her neck, rolling her eyeballs. Flipping and, out. And flipping out. Mm-hmm. And, or she needs to be able to come to me and say, I'm being challenged. So I can say, okay, hey, maybe you need to wear that dress to work. Don't get mad. Mm-hmm. But I say, you know, hey, why you got thongs on? No, you're being challenged. You need to restructure some mm-hmm. things. Because as men, we know what men are looking for. Yeah. We know what men are looking at. Thank you, John. And, yep. And, and it, <laughs> it, it, it ain't about how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. It's about I, me understanding that that joker at your job right. is looking at you a certain way. And, and I will tell you how he will slow walk you. Right. But you'll think I'm just jealous and, and yeah. it got my own agenda. Well, someone is always watching you. I don't care if mm-hmm. it's another man or another woman. Someone is always watching your pattern your behavior sometimes your... it feels like exactly somebody's watching. <laughs> yeah. and it's true someone is always watching you and you're, you're never aware of it so you're always on the radar well you know there was a study being that we're talking about infidelity and cheating there was a study that says 71 percent of men still are still in love with their spouse after they cheat um so would you attempt to reconcile with your partner if they, you, you knew they cheated on you or would you tell them to hit the road is it a deal breaker for you Coach, I'll tell you, with me, I used to think in my last relationship, I assumed, and I, I, it was a, I always said that it wouldn't be a deal breaker because I haven't always been faithful in a relationship. Um, there were certain things that I thought were a deal breaker, but to me, um, I was understanding sometimes things happen, you, you know, circumstantial situations. Not that I'm saying that you should do it, but it wouldn't be. I don't think I didn't think it would be something that I would end a long term relationship over. Um, I'm 
since now, it is a deal breaker mm -hmm. because um, I see so much goes into it, especially um, when it's a long-term situation. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it becomes definitely a deal breaker. Mm. I want to hear what the coach has to say. Okay. So, personally, mm -hmm. I would like to think that if I'm truly invested, mm -hmm. that love covers a multitude of sins. Mm -hmm. The thing that would break infidelity, while it's bad, it's not the unpardonable thing. Mm -hmm. What is much more damaging is the lies that it took to get there. Mm -hmm. So easy. if you get caught up, okay. say, hey, I was in a situation, I got caught up, it happened. Right. Well, I'm going to be pissed. Right. But I can respect the fact you said this is what happened. Now we can work through this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't, it don't mean that if he, that, that joker call you. Mm -hmm. I'm using them apps. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm losing all kind of things mm -hmm. for a little while too. I can build the trust back, right? Right, and we can possibly work through this. But the moment you lie about the thing, mm -hmm. that tells me you don't have any intention of going back. Mm -hmm. Now, I know many women who've been in a situation. Most women, most women, will give him a buy the first time. Mm -hmm. Most men will not give her a buy. Right. Because well, double standard. Oh, because, I'm sorry. Well, it's not just double standard, but remember, <laughs> when a when a woman enters into a physical relationship, most of the time, almost always, she's emotionally invested. Mm -hmm. I agree. Very mm. few women. And that's, yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Very few women can be physical with a man and not be emotionally invested. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. A guy typically is not that emotionally invested. Right. So if you're my woman, my issue is. You are giving your emotional investment to a guy that considers you an option. Mm. And yet you're my star player. He's, he's, the fact you allow yourself to be his bench woman bothers me more than the fact you slept with him. Right. Exactly. I agree. So, okay. So, as I was saying, when it's those things, when things happen, I can understand that. But when, what do you do when it's a situation where it's been like an emotional affair for a, a long time? Well, that's not a deal breaker? No, uh, to me, that's a deal breaker. Yeah, so you can see yeah, yeah that's is, what I'm saying, yeah. I cannot have your whole heart mm -hmm. if your heart's with somebody yes. else. Right. Okay, because let's be honest. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're past, we're, we're at AARP level, mm -hmm. right? At some juncture, all the parts aren't going to work. Right. Okay, at some juncture, even though there's Viagra and Seattle and all this stuff, at some juncture, sex is over. Mm-hmm. I still have to like you. Yeah. Good we point. still have to be able to talk and laugh and, and have a good time. And if I, if, if I can't trust you, I can't like you. Right. Okay. So for me, that emotional infidelity is so important. Understand that when people cheat, the first question a man asks is, did you sleep with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. First thing a woman asks is, do you, do you love, love her? her? Mm -hmm. Okay. Ah. Okay. Mm -hmm. the, we're, asked, but we're asking the same question. Uh -huh. Are you emotionally invested? Yeah. Because we know inherently that if she sleeps with a guy, she's emotionally invested. Something, Good observation. Something must be wrong with me. I must have that male tendency. Well, no. What are you saying? Did you sleep with I would, yeah. You the know. emotional part, I already know. As a woman, there's some emotional investment going on there but as um, if i'm asking you if we're to that point i'm asking you okay you cheated so you slept with her 
that speaks volume to me. Whether you did it just because it was Wednesday or Saturday morning, you did it. Yep. So that tells me a lot about you and how you feel about me. Because I'm not going to sit up here and make excuses for your excuses. See, you, that, you did the act. That, 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 but that presumes, that, presumes mm-hmm. that you transfer his activity to his feelings for you. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Men can love you and not sleep with you. True. They can sleep with you and not love you. True. His, in fact, in that article, Will, tell me I'm wrong. Guys are saying they they can sleep with somebody else, mm-hmm. still be in love with their wife. Yeah. Okay. And will and, not leave their wife. And will not leave their wife. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, by, by you saying him sleeping with her is more is is important. Um, and and I don't doubt that it's important. And we're surely not making excuses, telling people it's okay. Mm-hmm. But what that says from a woman's perspective, I believe, is that. I am now equating some emotional value to the physical act that a guy doesn't do. So it's transferring that, that, that female mindset because you know with you, if you sleep with somebody, you're emotionally vested. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not in love, you might be madly in like You might just think he's cute. Mm-hmm. You're emotionally invested. And it's hard for a woman to fathom that a guy can really seriously not be emotionally invested at all. Right. Uh, That's true. That's true. But it's it's real. It does it happen. I saying it's right. Right. I'm saying it, it's real. It does happen. Like... And <laughs> Yeah. Well, Nikki, thank you for coming on and actually sitting on the mic. You, this is gonna happen a lot more. Um and for those people who are looking for a fabulous publicist, what's your contact yeah. information? <laughs> you can contact me, um, media M E D I A at Nikki dot com. There's two K's in Nikki and two R's in Curry. Yep, Again, yep. media at NikkiCurry.com or go to my website, uh, which is NikkiCurry.com or TheBrandDefiner.com. The Brand Definer. And <laughs> Coach Ellis, share your information yeah. again and how they can tune in to your radio show and to the new TV show. Great. You can tune into the TV show, The Rules, on Monday mornings, 5 o'clock, Sky 4. You can tune into The Rules radio show Thursday night. At 7.30 on blogtalkradio.com. You can reach me at coach at the rules, R-U-L-Z dot com or coach at ellisCrum.net. Of course, there are Facebook sites for each one of those. Awesome, awesome. So um, next week we're going to talk about, we have two guests coming in. We're talking about um, child-centered divorce. A lot of times we don't think about the effects that um, divorce have on children. So we have an expert coming in to talk about that as well as... um, Someone who calls, he's a synthesis coach. He's coming in talking about um, creating your personal power and personal transformation um, after certain instances in your life. So he's going to be on the show yeah, next Real week. Good. I want to thank you both for coming in. And everyone else, have a blessed week. And we'll talk to you next time. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. We ask that you visit www.letsfaceitradio.com for up-to-date information on future shows, special guests, advertising opportunities, and exciting interactive ways that you can be a part of the show. Join us next week, same time, same place, for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.
Bucks and audiences are cheering for Bumblebee. It's an incredible 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. The perfect blend of action, heart, and humor. Not just a great Transformers movie, a great movie, period. Bumblebee, now playing. Ready PG-13. What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Cases and cases of confidence. Staples can help give you the confidence that your business is ready for the year ahead with all the supplies you need. Like paper. And right now, when you buy a 10-ream case of Staples multipurpose paper, you get one free. So you can be confident you're ready for whatever business comes your way. Buy one case of Staples multipurpose paper, get one free. Now at Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. In-store only, limit 10. Valid through 1519. 